0: Yet. No, it's just... <laughs> good morning everybody. Good morning mm-hmm. how you doing Elam? I'm
1: doing pretty good yeah uh, i got I got my coffee here
0: and everything. <laughs> Look I even have the right cup today.
1: Girl boss I like it
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what's I- it.
1: See, let me see if I can find my
0: camera this time. Oh, my God. Have you been learning technology tips lately?
1: Well, I'm a slow learner, but that doesn't
0: mean I don't learn. (laughs) (laughs) I was just referring to to, um, the fact that you were technologically impaired.
1: you're you're going to grind that axe as long as you can, aren't you? I'm
0: going to grind that axe forever and ever and ever and ever. That's a fact.
1: So I I think we should keep up the tradition here of keeping this real light in the beginning for a while. Tell us funny funny stories well, and jokes. We keep up the what the heck I can hear myself again now, Light In the beginning for a while. So- Funny stories and jokes. Uh, what the heck?
0: I can hear myself again now. Like, you know. Oh, boy. Hey, is it yes. fixed now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Fantastic.
1: Can I just eat huh. a cookie?
0: Can you eat a cookie? Why would you want to eat a cookie right now?
1: On the set. We'll give you a chance to talk. I don't want to Give me a chance
0: of... to talk. What are you talking about? Sometimes the boss just sits back and watches.
1: I can't do it without you. You've got to set the parameters for what's going to happen.
0: So, I mean, do you know what Bible verse I'm referring to when I say "spare the rod"?
1: Well, I couldn't tell you where it is in the Bible. <laughs>
0: It's it's in the Proverbs like 1324.
1: Really? You even know where it is? Wow. Uh,
0: He that spares the rod hateth his son. Seriously. That's
1: some harsh shit there.
0: So here's my question. Um... You were older than I was, right?
1: Yeah, thanks for rubbing that in.
0: When I'm you, like, I, you, I'm like. Huh, what?
1: <laughs> sorry, go ahead.
0: <laughs> You're like, what?
1: I, I'm, I'm like ancient.
0: No, what I'm saying is, is like, for example, so I, I had the opportunity to get out when I was like 19, right? I was almost 20, but yeah, at 19. So, like, as such, like, I wasn't a parent in the inside of the community. And for you, you were a parent inside of the community.
1: You just want to know if I beat my kids.
0: (laughs) No, I just want to know if, like, you had troubles with your kids and you talked to the or, you know, the elder. And they told you, like, spare the rod and spoil the child. Like this whole idea that the stricter you are, the more pious you are, and the more hope there is for your soul, and that's better in the long run.
1: Well, I was, you know, I, I was old order, practicing old order, and had kids, and yeah, I, uh, I did. Um, I, I remember, you know, I have this vivid memory of of my son lamar being you know squirming and unhappy and 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 some other kid had just been taken out and came back in you know just clinging to the parent and sniffling and um and, and i my and i don't know but my assumption was that he had spanked them you know into whatever a, I don't know if you just spank him into submission or not, but, but anyway, so I took, took my son out and, and I, you know, the question was what am I going to do? Um, and what happened is I, I got out to the cow table and it was a beautiful early summer, spring day or whatever. And, and uh, I, the second I put him down, he just was instantly happy you know, and, and and he was, you know, he was, he could walk, but he was toddling around, and and I just let him go a while, and, and that's all it took, is just uh, get him out of that stuffy, confined environment, and <laughs> let him run around a little bit, and we went back in, and it was fine, and I was conscious that, you know, I'm, I'm not towing the line of what, what I kind of assume was expected, sort of preach from the pulpit, that, um something about breaking the child's will I, I i couldn't say the the German or pennsylvania Dutch language used but uh but that's um that's the story of me sort of being a good guy i it's not always it's not that uh, clear cut for me uh, i uh i did i i did sort of really take that step of hey not just using violence to—I don't know what what, you're, what it's supposed to be for, but but I I also um, uh, had this thing where uh, if certain things happened that that were just sort of beyond the pale, that I would spank my kids, and and it, it was a series of things that I remember, uh, and I think it was, it was associated with um, tr- problems in, in our relationship with, between uh, my then wife and I, and, and, but what happened is the first time that I remember this is the kids were playing in the backyard, and I was right there with them, and, and my oldest son held a hammer over the top of uh, uh, his brother's head. And just let it drop, plonk right down on his head. <laughs> and I just—I was just like beside myself. <laughs> and I, I spanked him. And 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 there were there was another incident where there were apples. They'd played with apples. They we'd gotten a bushel or a half a bushel of apples, and and then I and they played with them like a toy. Like they had them all out on the grass in the gutter and. And there were there were ants on them. Anyway, I started picking them up, and I realized they should help pick them up. So I went up my son to help me pick them up, and and he refused to pick the ones up with ants on them. And and uh, anyway, there was so so there was another scene where um, so- I let me finish my story, Mary, please. So there was another scene where he he was again interacting with Stephen and and Stephen got hurt and I I caught myself and stopped and and I explained to him that it's my responsibility to teach him values and 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 discipline him when when he's <laughs> beaten up his little brother and and that uh, that me hitting him spanking him is is not appropriate and i apologized for it and and i and i anyway so so i you know i i just want our listeners to know that you know this is not something that i'm speaking down from a ivory tower of dictating how kids should (laughs) or parents should, should raise their kids um And it it, it was a journey, but the thing that maybe to to remember about that is by that time, I was, um, I was attending the Unitarian Universalist church at that time. So I had exposure to ideas that that were rejected this ideology of spare the rod, spoil the child, and, and that there's other ways of doing that. And then, and that there's consequences for using violence to to discipline. Uh, anyway, I'll, that's, I just wanted to sort of go through that and explain that.
0: So here's a question that I have for you, that I have for you is that, um, would you agree that within your Order Amish community, were you ever taught any other method of discipline Because, like, also, I want our listeners to know that I personally have also failed my child and, like, I have spanked my child, Um, again, kind of in the similar situations what Elam was describing. But at the time, that was the only tool that I knew of. And, you know, it was once I um, kind of evolved past that the way that I did that is through, I actually took several parenting classes because I realized what I was doing was not okay. And that was pretty much the same thing as what happened within the community in a way, as far as like spanking your child. Um, I think that there's a lot of people that advocate for spanking a child in a way that ends up creating these situations where all people know and all they know how to do is to spank their child and that is literally the only way that they know how to discipline their child so how do you move past that because as a, i deeply regret that whole thing good morning judge me unforgiven <laughs> But I mean, like, how do you move past that as a person, like you get out of the community, but you have been you can take the Amish out of the community, but you can't take the Amish out of the person. And if only the all the tools that you have ever been given are literally to beat your child into submission. Like, when I babysat my nieces and nephews, it was like, oh, the child acts out? Well, you pinch their ear or, you know, you, you put them in the corner or you spank them. Like, those were, like, literally the only options that I was given. And so, like, it's like you're set up for failure. So how do you move past that? And for me, that involved like, really looking inward and also taking parenting classes and being honest about how I was parenting. How did I wish to parent? And what tools do I have in my toolbox to better parent my child?
1: yeah, uh, I, I guess the thing that I want to f- uh, hopefully really focus on and clarify here is is that um, human humans are on a trajectory. you know we, we used to be subservient to kings and 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 this is still the case that you know um i think corporal punishment was was accepted you know universally in schools in this country not so long ago and and i i guess that the point that i really want to focus on is that there's a big difference between um failing like i i would have would have finally come to terms with that my my use of spanking was a failure of parent uh, of parenting and and seeking a different you know a different way um, versus what is taught in these uh plain communities where um uh, spanking is a form of piety it's how you express your allegiance to you know being a good uh compliant person and and that's, that's what I really want to get at in, in, in you know, part, part of why we're talking about this is because of the, the case in Missouri where this four-year-old child was, was murdered. But pre that happening, having just this horrific experience of being subjected to physical violence, um, according to reports, all over their body. So... Uh-huh. So so this is a, this is a very important, uh, discussion to, uh, you know, how, how do we, how do we get to a place where we, we try to move away from, from that form of discipline that was, you know, it was accepted not so long ago. And, 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 and this is, this is the problem with the, with the plain community ideology they pride themselves on the fact that they are still adhering to those old concepts and while many of them don't murder their kids there's this there's this this ethos of acceptance that that violence is an appropriate form of punishment and and so I guess for, for me, what, what the objective here is to, is to talk about and, and define ideas of, of how uh, a moderation, if a moderate influence can get into those plain communities to balance out this ideology that um, basically
0: end up killing a child. So, here's, we have a we have a comment from one of our viewers talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses always drag chil- uh, children to the back of the hall and beat them if they didn't sit still in the meetings, and judge me unforgiven. says it's it's based on the concept of don't spare the rod. Um, but I I I think like part of what you're saying is this is that we are in a community where. When you talk about it acceptance it's there's acceptance. I, I don't think it's just acceptance and and pride in the humility of like we are still um, we are still adhering to that form of discipline but there's also a, a encouragement of that to have pride in still using that concept as a form of discipline like as the primarily the only form of discipline
1: would you agree with that yeah they pride themselves on you know it's it's their their a mark of distinction for them it's it's their how they define themselves that they're different from the evil world is we beat our kids and (laughs) Um, my, my hope for, for the work that we are doing is to, is to form, you know, formulate ideas that, that will allow, um, and in, will allow for and introduce moderate ideas into these communities and, and, and hold them accountable for, for this ideology, you know, I, uh, I think the online chatter is about the murder in Missouri is that, well, you know, it, it wasn't us or, you know, they, they weren't really Mennonite anymore. Or, and but the fact is that uh, there's a there's a, a fetish for religious freedom that uh, encourages this kind of reactionary um behavior that is just um it, it's it's fifteenth century ideology that has no modern moderate uh moderating uh you know content and and that's what we need um I I don't have uh, any well developed ideas of, of what it would what it's going to look like to to introduce that. Uh, but I, I think a starting place is we have to we have to acknowledge the problem. We have to say yes, not everybody murders their kids because they believe in uh, spare the rod, spoil uh, spoil the child, but. But there's this, this uh, extremism that is um, there's no one of the ways I describe it is that there's no um, in, in the plain communities, um, there's no um, evolutionary sort of grappling with, with uh, Enlightenment principles. There is no reform. There's no progressive reform. There's a reform, but the only reform that's acceptable or acknowledged is is regressive to be more strict to be more medieval to be you know just you know to embrace uh, spare the rod, spoil the child uh, with with pride <laughs> and and uh, my my sort of contribution to this is I want to ask those those communities that that believe in that to to dial that back to take responsibility for for this that they are a part they're complicit in an ideology that harms children Um,
0: so so let me let me just um say to our viewers if you're not familiar with this case that elam's referring to There was a four-year-old child that was sexually assaulted and beaten, was black and blue from the neck, was put under ice-cold pond water in Missouri, and died. After the child died, the father called 911. They arrested two adults, Ethan Mast and I forget the the female's name, on second-degree counts of murder and then they arrested the parents on Christmas Eve, James and Mary Mast. And part of the reason that we're talking about this is because Mary Mast was demonized by the religion. The religion itself created the situation where it allowed people and gave people the freedom to demonize her, and as such, Quote, they were trying to remove the demons from the child and the mother and the children. Like there were two, uh, three children in the home, two of which were being assaulted regularly over a period of at least two weeks. It's absolutely horrifying. And I can't really wrap my head around as a parent, your child's running around the kitchen table asking for help and you do not help them. I don't understand. But in a way, you have to also understand that if you can't wrap your head around that, that means you're incapable of that kind of behavior, and that's a good thing. But to our listeners, I'm trying to explain this because, one, a lot of people don't understand that even though the religion is sitting there and saying, well, they've kind of washed their hands of it. They've taken away any of the responsibility they had in creating this situation where these people are feeling empowered to do these things. When the fact of the matter is is they've been in a religion most of their lives, or all of their lives, that has condoned and encouraged physical harm of a child. And we're talking about a four-year-old. What four-year-old do you know that is a demon child? Come on. Not okay.
1: Yes, the,
0: the, the that's the that, the other thing
1: that I'd like to add to this is that this uh, violent abuse of these children, and it was it was just a it sounds like it was just a horrific mess of the mother and the father, and and at least this the child who was murdered were beaten daily with with you know objects, black and blue marks all over their body. And uh, it's, it's hard for me to fathom that there was nobody in, in their orbit who in their community that did not, that didn't see there was something going on out of hand. And, and, you know, this extremism.
0: This is what the community did. Yeah. Well,
1: well, but, but the, they can the, the, the argument I want to make is that the community set these people up in teaching them that that beating a child is a good thing there's a church here in in Lancaster County one of the conservative churches that has a room in church called the spanking room and 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 this is not some secret they are proud of it and so so my point is that this this tragedy has has deep roots in the ideology that 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 it arose from and and the and the and the plain communities ha- have a responsibility to to mediate their ideologies to to avoid these situations to to make it so that when it starts going off the rails that it's somebody steps forward, whether it's a person outside that orbit or, or the parent, one of the parents, why couldn't the mother at some point, an hour or two earlier, call for help?
0: Okay, let me tell you why the mother didn't call for help. Again, I don't understand why she didn't, but I can tell you why she didn't. Because inside of that community, Her rights, her autonomy, don't exist. I don't see it as an excuse, but it's a form of brainwashing. Because if you as a woman are to do everything your husband says or whatever freaking man is in your life and over control of you, you don't have any rights. You're a second-class citizen. And when you start talking about, I'm being abused, my kids are being abused, you know what happens? They call you a liar. They disregard everything you've said and they do nothing, nothing to freaking help you. Nobody cares within the community when you're being abused. And they, and they probably, tell you to go forgive them because you know, forgiveness is everything. So let's forgive my abuser for freaking, no, that's... Can,
1: not I, okay. can I just add something there? Not, not only does you know, nobody respond within the community the police usually are very feckless and useless in these situations now of course now where there was a dead body oh my god now they can step in but as mary said if 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 anybody there would have called the police a day earlier
0: well he's guess what they would have
1: done like nothing 90, 95% of these cases nothing is done and 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 the perpetrators Step up their abuse because somebody dared to, to introduce, you know, heathens to reached out to heathens for help. Anyway, <laughs> this is a hot subject. I wish to, I wish we'd get be getting some questions and from our viewers, but um.
0: well, I mean. Judge Me Unforgiven said, I remember my mom had that don't spare the rod scripture on a sheet of paper in the, on the wall in the kitchen. And when you think about that, how different is that really from the Plain Communities? It's, it's the not. kind of stuff it's, that they do. That's exactly not. what they do. It's brainwashing.
1: It's, uh, I, I just wanted to point out, uh, and I, I, I'm going off of your take on, on the news that the mother of the victim uh was charged with first degree murder is that yep. is that is that right and the father wasn't and and that's a that's a sexist um sort of adjudication uh, here because when you factor in the degree which which women are subjugated and do not have a voice and have been trained to be submissive and to not question and reach out for help and, and object to what they're being subjected to. It's, it's a, it's definitely a miscarriage of justice on the outside to, to charge her with murder and, and not, not the father. Uh, the, the father was a, a, of anybody who should have had the impetus to, to stop this. The father was the one with the most power and, and he didn't. And so it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's a miscarriage of justice to, to charge the mother and not, the you know, she has greater charges against her than, than, and I, and I want to just dig into that a little bit. Um, the, the mother reportedly, you know, uh, so- held the child underwater, but, but she was she was doing it to remove a demon from from the child which is a practice that is condoned by these communities she was just doing the pious thing that her community teaches them to do and and so anyway these these are just it's just a messed up situation but but uh, what i think is important is to is to hold these c- communities accountable for for the for the ideology that they promote and 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 then want to wash their hands of of the fact when something really goes off the rails and gotcha. and go ahead mary
0: I just want to point out, so what they did is they charged Mary and James both with one felony, but then they, they they um a felony a endangering the welfare of a child in the first degree resulting in death. however, James's second charge is a felony b versus Mary's second charge is also a felony. eh? So what they did is they put the they put the charges. The first charge is exactly the same. The second charge is lowered for James, when in fact he literally was the one who had the authority as the head of the household within like a community like that. He should have been the one held more accountable. Yeah, there's no. no
1: huh there's no question he had more uh, power to to intervene than anybody else
0: yeah exactly and so if you see that second one it's a felony b and that's the one that is like why no why does he get a felony b when literally like he no no Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the structure within the church, like you have the man, the head of the household, and then you're supposed to go to the deacon, the ministers, and the bishop, and the bishop is over the entire church. And you can right. always seek counsel from the elderly men in the community, too. But, you know, it's not so much women, but you go ask counsel of the elderly men.
1: Yeah, there's no question that this this structure, he, he is the most culpable in 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 the people that were are sort of generally considered victims here he's the most culpable he 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 the 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 women are absolutely tr- drilled into submission and 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 executing that not questioning their husband or or the male authority in 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 the community is is like the highest virtue a woman can live up to.
0: This is why I was a bad Amish person. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God for that. <laughs> I'm just saying I couldn't do it. I couldn't freaking do it. I couldn't be, no, you want me to be submissive to you because you're a man? <laughs> no. <laughs> But in the same token, these women have lived that way their entire lives. They don't know anything better than that. They don't know that they have choices. They don't know that they don't have to live like that. They don't even know that they have other ways of parenting other than beating their kids like these people in charge (laughs) in the (laughs) church perpetuates and encourages. They don't know. I personally believe they all need parenting classes. And I'm not talking about parenting classes created by the damn churches. It should be a secular (laughs) parenting class.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's not that they just, it's not that they don't know. It's any, any sign of, of seeking a, a disciplinary structure that, that, uh, tries to keep, to, tries to minimize uh, spanking is considered, you know, some liberal, uh, you know, devil, you know, worship. So, Witchcraft. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah the, the problem is that they, are, they are proud of their adherence to this.
0: Did you see the post by, like, some guy named Steve Stultzfuss or something where he, like, basically. Stutzman. Stutzman? Yes. Stutzman. Steve Stutzman. Okay, he basically said that all of this is the result of witchcraft. And I'm like, you, how can you be so blind? Like, this has nothing to do with witchcraft. This has nothing to do with demonization. What it has to do with is a community, a church that set up the situation and, and extolled, like they put out these virtues of beat your children into submission, beat your wives into submission, beat your women into submission. And they set the stage for these people to kill somebody, to kill a child. That's what they did. I don't care who, and by the way, if there were other inappropriate sexual relationships in regards to this case, that has nothing to do with this case. That is completely separate. It has nothing to do with this case. Those were adults. We're talking about the sexual abuse, the beating of a child, putting a child under ice cold water in the middle of freaking winter in Missouri on a cold ass day. And not and, uh, helping children, and,
1: and then just leaving them on the bank. Uh, you know, this is this is just some really gruesome stuff. But I, I'd like to um, t- talk about a couple other cases with um, just unbelievably tragic uh, consequences. And and I what I want to focus on is the extent which these situations, like the Missouri. Murder went for, went on for a horrific length of time. Now, the the Missouri case, what we are told is, you know, this was like two weeks of, you know, beatings and 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 just crazy stuff. But there's there's these other cases. I, I'm I'm getting some some reverb, Mary. If if you if you can if you know how to fix that, um, there's there's a couple other cases. Uh, there was one here in Lancaster County. It was uh, it went through the court system, was adjudicated, and it was known as the child gifting case, in in which uh, some former Amish parents basically handed their entire family over to a, a child predator. And and he had before intervention happened. He had there were two children born to the oldest girl. Um, Prior to her being 15 years old, so you know, just just horrific uh, depravity. But the point that I want to make about all these cases is that the story of those parents was years and years and years in the making. And what what what's what's sort of stunning to me is that no one either in the Amish community or the outside community in you know, the non-Amish world um, intervened then it's just mind-boggling to me that um, that kind of isolation can occur and and I, I think it's it's twofold I think there are people knew that bad stuff was going down and they just did not act but also you know uh, the Amish community sets up these situations. Once they these parents didn't comply with, with old order uh, values and behavior, they excommunicated them. And there, these, this couple's excommunication was particularly stark, uh, not only because of the, the, the specifics of the excommunication, but, but uh, the father had a, a, a very thriving business. In which he hired over like a dozen Amish workers, and the second the church uh, didn't feel he was complying, the church literally came in one Monday morning. His workers were gone, and and so they so he could he had a loan from the church. He had a property. He lived on a property where his business was, so he couldn't pay his his, his you know. His mortgage, he had no means of income. He couldn't, you know, he, he couldn't tr- transfer. He, he couldn't just hire non-Amish workers. He could have in theory, but it's really tough to make that switch. So he lost his business. He lost, they lost their home. And they they actually went, took their case all the way to the Supreme Court trying to get redress. And they fucking didn't get none. So so there's this this abandonment of these people um where remember this is the case that culminated in this horrific you know child gifting case but if if there would have just been some compassion somebody some level of intervention where these people would not have gotten so isolated and then fell under the spell of this this predator Uh, you know and there's many ways of sort of talking about this but let's think about it in the incarceration costs to the public cost of jailing three people for the the purpose probably in for close to life I think the mother is out now but but that's that's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars it's it's like over a hundred thousand dollars a year just right there and and so you quickly And that's just incarceration you look at the the, you know the state probably floated counseling for these children and 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 you know prosecution costs and and social worker costs but think of the money we could have saved if they would have just assigned a social worker to this family like 10 years before it happened it's it's just mind-boggling that and the The point I want to try to make is that the the non-Amish world, and the Amish, the official Amish world are complicit in creating these circumstances that have just unbelievable, detrimental consequences that aren't going to stop just because they jailed a couple people. These kids, children who were born through a minor and a sexual predator who's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. What's the social cost of that, you know?
0: Well, and not to mention, like, even if they were still within the Amish communities, um, you know, the, these these kids, so first off, the, the, the daughters that were gifted, if they were actively um, participating in part of an Amish community, they would be a second-class citizen. They would never regain, like, status. They would not have the ability to marry well. They would not have the ability to be, any kind of person to be looked up to they would always be whispered about behind their you know behind the hands and gossiped about and looked down upon as a slut these kids did not ask for any of that but that's the reality and then when you start talking about all of that like you're really addressing like the long-term ultimate effects and also let me point out so this um Jessica's murder case that we have been referring to, um, they are not Amish community. I believe they are former Mennonites from what I've been able to gather, maybe charity. I'm not exactly clear on that, but I do know that they are former Plain community members.
1: Yeah, the the child gifting case is a a really stark uh, illustration of You know the part of the problem was that these this this couple was so naive they were and 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 they got abandoned by their communities and uh i feel that that (laughs) what what's what's really sort of uh, sticks in my craw if you will is that you know the amish are known worldwide as a community that takes care of each other and where were they? And it's not just their fault. It, it's, you know, you know, but, you know, we can talk about that a little bit more The the level of education they got, the level of, of sort of street wiseness that they, these parents would have had. And they, they they live this incredibly sheltered life. And then when things go wrong with the church and they get kicked out, they're incredibly vulnerable for exactly what happened. And we as a society can do better. It's costing us dearly not to do better on, on these situations. It is. And uh, how, how much time do we have? We're probably almost out of time here.
0: 14 uh, minutes.
1: Well, and to to just quickly refer to another case a little bit is uh, was the the Berkholz beard cutting case where, and, and, and you know, there's, there's so many an- angles to explore about this. The Berkholz community started because this pious, righteous young minister wanted to do the only thing that is condoned by the Amish community in terms of reform, which is to be stricter. He moved to this isolated community to start a new community where they were going to be stricter and adhere to these values with more piety and 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 devotion and commitment that's the whole point of what he did and he is that's what it means to be Amish
0: can I can I can I say go something ahead. go ahead like, Like, can I just point out that, like, in one of the conversations that we've had earlier, um, Ailam and I were discussing this case, and one of the things that we talked about is the fact that part of the problem within the plain communities is when you have something like that, somebody that wants to be stricter and adhere to more pious things, like, if it's not accepted in the community that you're in, there's no discussion about it. Just like there's no discussion about using other... Principles for parenting, versus beating your children or thanking them or whatever. Like there's no discussion about it. There's no room. The ministers, the bishop, the deacons, they all get together in what's called a dinal facamalang twice a year. They rewrite the ordinance brief, and that is the rules of your community. And if you don't agree with it, you have to go somewhere else and find a community you agree with. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> and
1: and anyway, the the, the community just de, you know devolved into this horrific debauchery that again cost the state enormously, A- and and yet the worst part of the problem is the state's response, but w- which was the the Amish community at large was begging the state to come and help, and it's so completely convoluted and twisted. The Amish community is not supposed to go to the the world for help. You know why can't young people go to college? Because well, you know that would be helpful. Oh no, that's bad. But in this case, it was perfectly okay for the United States government to bring a federal case of hate crimes against these perpetrators, and and it just it ended up in so many pe- people going to jail that. 50 minors were orphaned. Uh, the entire um, ministry team of this community was jailed for seven years. The bishop just got out now, like 10, 11, 12 years later, because of they released him because of COVID, I think. Maybe they didn't. He, I think he have filed for it. Anyway, and this is this just a wreck of a disaster of a of a social situation, and we don't have a lot of time, but I just want the Amish were completely helpless to remediate this situation, and and so they run to the state. Oh, please help us! And and, and horror of horrors, the state complied, and I am one hundred percent certain that they made the situation worse. And. Uh, to 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 bring this back to what we started talking about is is the the Amish community can't process their problems in a way that that you know the the, the only thing available in their toolbox is to be stricter, and then when things go off the rails because somebody is insanely strict and turns into a maniacal egomaniac they don't know how to fix it because by that time this guy's the bishop and nobody can touch him and, and we need we need some progressive reform in that context and instead of this horrible case among many now prompting progressive reform to 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 remediate some of these uh, failure of ideas Um. That's not happening, and that's what we're calling for.
0: Well, there's also that, like, for example, like, if somebody were to come into an Amish community and they were to offer, like, completely free of charge, like, a parenting class, you know, to all the parents in the community, how many of them do you think would actually be allowed to attend in the first place? So, number one, they wouldn't be allowed to attend because, again, it would be considered to be of witchcraft or Satanism or, you know, demonization or whatever, you know, other out there thing that they have. Like, it would be one of those things. However... There is no space for any of that. And that is an important thing that needs to be put out there because like in this case, like, you know, there needs to be a really hard look at like the communities behind these people who committed these atrocious crimes. And I believe that everybody in the freaking community needs to go have an actual parenting class that doesn't promote, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. I just, I don't think, I think that would be a good start. I also think that the community itself, like um, these plain communities, a lot of them need to actually learn that when somebody brings them, you know, new, like somebody brings them the issue of sexual abuse, number one, start listening and start believing them. Because it's been proven over and over that at least at a minimum, over 93% of people that report sexual assault are actually sexually assaulted. So stop saying they're lying. Stop all of this victim blaming. Stop all of this silencing them. That it's, it's not okay. And telling them to forgive their perpetrator or their crime is just as bad as the perpetrators. Really unacceptable.
1: Thank you, Mary. That was uh, that's really important stuff. the The communities need to need to take on this responsibility and make room for progressive reform from the inside. And um, I'm not sure how to get there, but there's plenty of examples where the non-Amish community is is condoning and promoting and encouraging this regressive uh, behavior. And, and that's a place to start, you know. You know, <laughs> my well, favorite hobby horse, Wisconsin versus Yoder, a t- topic for another time. But, but you know, it, the, the outside world is, was complicit. They were actually the, the people that made that happen and 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 so there's dramatic costs to that but it's not just the Amish people's fault
0: it's also it's also the communities around them because like for instance like people in my case like they they suspected and then told me after the fact that like they didn't report it because they they had to maintain their relationship with their Amish neighbors and whoever feels like that is the appropriate response you need to like seriously take a look at what you're doing because you were part of the problem for reals. I'm not playing like this is not okay. This is, I believe like this is the same reason that like that situation in Missouri earlier this year happened with Daisy For example, the the 12, 13-year-old that was sexually assaulted by her brothers was raped by four of her brothers, and they only arrested two of the brothers in the community. Like, the parents weren't even arrested in that case. At a minimum, they should have been arrested. They knew she was pregnant. They did not report it. A 13-year-old, a 12-year-old cannot consent, and sex without consent is rape, and that community is complicit in it. Again, the communities are creating the situation, and it needs to stop. And there needs to be some kind of progressive reform from the inside out, like Elam said. What are you doing, Elam?
1: Your your camera. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, what? I, I also want to point out that the can you yeah hey, you're cutting out I just want to point out that not only was were those parents what did you do dang <laughs> well if, if I could get this in yet uh, I, I just want to point out that not only were the parents and the prosecutor the you know that community complicit in this situation the prosecutor bent over backwards to get those uh, two perpetrators that were brought to court to, you know, that were uh, uh, charged, he he tried to get them off. And, and, and so it's not just the Amish community that's in error here that needs reform. Hopefully that captured that.
0: Yes. Yes. And you're absolutely correct. It's not just the Amish community. It's the entire the society and how they interact within like you have the what the Amish call the English people right or even inside of these plain people you know you have like the the outsiders like we're part of this and you have the people outside the community that notice things that do nothing about it those people are complicit They are literally enabling this predator's paradise to exist because they refuse to bridge the gap. They refuse to provide any form of intervention for children that are being hurt today.
1: That's a a good place to stop, Mary. Is it? Well, I'm just saying that's... uh, That's a punchline that needs to stick in people's minds.
0: (laughs) Well, they need to bridge. Yeah. Go go
1: ahead. Well, one of of the things that, and and this is probably a subject, you know, an entire subject for another time is, is that there's this idea that the Amish are a separate and apart culture and, and they, they aspire to that. But the reality is that they're, they're just, they're just part of Western culture and there's no yeah. there, there is nothing that could you know that's that's just the fact they're just a part of us and of the larger whole and and we if we just saw them that way um a lot of these problems would be a little bit easier to to process uh yeah. but but people want to attribute them oh they're they're a, they're a different culture, and so you don't criticize them and all this uh, stuff. But that, that's such a pervasive idea that you don't criticize the Amish that, that um, they have stopped evolving. There's no evolutionary dynamic. And so when things like their, their adherence to this 15th century ideology of spare the rod, spoil the child is literally killing people, there's no process from within to, to remediate that because they're, they're frozen, they're, they're locked into this regressive ideology. And, and, and you know, the, the outsiders promote, celebrate, and condone that. And that's something that can stop right now we can change our behavior on the outside to not participate in this celebrating this, this, uh, this failed society. And, and, you know, I know everybody's going, Oh my God, the Amish are wonderful and all this crap, but, but um, they have problems that need to be engaged with and, and processed and, and reformed. And when, all we ever do is, you know, say, "Oh, there." We can't criticize the Amish, or you know, it's not just the Amish; it's any any community that has this fetish for religious freedom is is a problem.
0: Well, you know that's that's very true, and we're kind of short on time right now. But um, I I did want to talk about that. What Elam was talking about is with. I generally sum up as like romanticizing the Amish. And what they do is they take these plain communities and put them up on this pedestal and they look at them as these pious, like, oh my God, they can do no wrong. And when somebody says this, they dismiss these cases as like um, an an isolated incident. These are not isolated incidents. Start researching. There are so many incidents that are happening within the plain communities in America today it is unacceptable and it needs to stop and it needs to change. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening and asking questions. And thank you, Judge Me Unforgiven, for sharing your Jehovah's Witness experience. It's interesting how that is very similar to the Plain Community ideologies of, like, spare the rod, spoil the child, like, you know, they just, oh my gosh, like we, you know, I remember people taking the kids out in the washroom and, you know, coming back with the kid crying and submission, like, like Elam said, like just like they were, they beat the submission into them or something like that, like break the will or whatever the, the words behind it is. But it's terrible that it creates these situations where children are dying and it's not okay.
1: Children are being murdered.
0: They're being sexually assaulted. And nobody does anything about it to create lasting reform. Nobody. And on that note, y'all have a good Sunday. Bye. Bye.